obviously we trust in the sovereignty of the Lord in all things, right? And even in how there's a delay in your kidney transplant. Just some situations that happened with our church family with a lot of just unfortunate, untimely deaths and things that I was able to be a part of that I might not have been able to be a part of and other things that, that happened with the pandemic and yeah. working through the pandemic. We didn't do it for two years. It was put off for two years with, with the pandemic again. They stopped doing transplants. And so they finally started back up and I got within the range they wanted me to. And, and then we finally had it done. Hi, friend. Welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. It's always a pleasure to get together with you and to visit with our guest. Today's no exception. I've been wanting to bring this gentleman into the studio now for a while. Scott Benjamin is the pastor of Refuge Church. It's been 10 years, Scott, you said, since we were together? It has, 10 years. Oh, my goodness. Where's time gone? It has flown. <laughs> a lot of water under the bridge, though, in the last 10 years, that's for sure. A lot has happened. It you has. Know, I want to start off, if I can, and read some verses out of Psalm 139, the sure. first six verses. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Mm. And the other day I was reflecting on these verses, Scott, and I, and I saw this part where it talks about how acquainted he is with our ways. When I sit and when I rise. How many times a day do we sit down and arise? Oh, yeah. And we never think about it, do we? That's right. That's right. That's a good thought. But God, the creator of it all, is mindful of that. Yes. He's that intimate with us. Yes. As this chapter goes on, and I love this chapter. There's so many other verses we could bring out, but there's another part here that talks about how all my days are numbered before one of them even existed. Yeah. Knows the ends from the beginnings. Yes. He knows it all. Yeah. And he's not some kind of, you know, old cranky grandfather upstairs like some people like to maybe say or portray that God is. He wants that intimacy he desires. That's why his son Jesus stepped out of the glory of all of that in heaven to take on our sin. Yes, sir. Splattered on a cross, bloody, horrible death that he took for us. Yeah. Wow, and it's so good to see you. Man, it's great to see you, too. I've been really wanting to have this fellowship with you, and typically when I do these interviews, I do background checks. No, not not that kind of background check. (laughs) I do a little bio background and and get some information and work up questions. Usually I have about 20 questions that kind of feed off each other, and we just go. But I want this to be very loose. Yeah, sure. And I want to, because you and I have known each other for so long. Long time. We don't get together a whole lot because we're going different directions. You're right. a pastor. Yeah. And you're also uh, on the school board at Arlington. I am, yeah, and a business owner. And you just got married in January. I did, January 2020. we got a lot to talk about. We do, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yes, so. yes, we do. <laughs> but a lot of ground to cover. I want to go back, if we can, and talk about Jerry, sweet Jerry. Yeah. She had taken... I think, was it your daughter? And she had gone on a trip to Florida for the cheerleading competition? We were both there together. You were there with her? Oh, yeah. I, I was with her. Uh, I did not realize that. Yeah. And so uh, our son, uh, Drew, uh, was with us, too. He went on the trip because we were going to Disney World. Yeah. Uh, for our youngest daughter, Erin, uh, she was on the dance team at Arlington. And so the, this was uh, the national competition. And so we'd gone to Orlando and... Erin uh, had gone on with her team, and Jerry and Drew and I had uh, gone to the grocery store to buy her room, some you know, uh, some snacks and things like that. And 
And then we decided to go to dinner. And it was just a regular night that we went to downtown Disney, went to one of the big restaurants there, got a table, ordered some appetizers, and she's sitting beside me, Drew sitting across from us, and we're just laughing, having a great time. And all of a sudden she says, oh my goodness, I think I'm about to pass out, and literally fell over on me in the booth and was out. She didn't, she didn't die right there, but she was out. And so I told Drew to get up. I said, go find us some help. And uh, 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 they called 911. Paramedics came and got her. And she was responding, but very slowly. Jerry was an attorney, uh, very smart, uh, uh, great with her words. Uh, but she could. she was talking very deliberately. And so it was you know, a struggle to get words out. Uh, they took her, uh, you know, they ask all kind of questions, you know, was, has she been drinking? Has she been, you know, all, you know, the litany of things that they've got to ask. I'm like, no, 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 none of this kind of stuff. And, um, they got her in an ambulance, uh, went to a local hospital. And so Drew and I were back in the room with her and she had a seizure. Um, and, uh, they came and looked at her again and it was kind of a quick one. And they walked out and probably 10 minutes later, she had another one that she didn't really recover from. And, they took her back. She had a uh, bleed on her brain stem. And by the time they airlifted her and I got to the other hospital, uh, it had crushed her brain stem. And, oh, my. Yeah, it was, it was devastating. I, I, I can't even imagine, Scott. Devastating. I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> what did you do? I mean, what, I mean, what, what, what was the <sighs> first? I mean, I can't even begin to think what you would have done at that point. Um. Because you were there with just the kids, right? Well, it was, yeah, so Erin didn't have any idea what was going on. She was with her team, and poor Drew, he was with me, you know. He was, let's see, he's 17 now, so he was 12 or 13 and had to see all this, you know. I called our elders just to keep them know what was going on, and I called Jerry's mother and uh, and my uh, business partner. I called him, and he, he and his wife got the girls, uh, the older two girls, and flew them down the next day, and so— uh, it was, it was, it was devastating. Wow. When you read verses like this, that God searches us and he knows us, when he knows when we sit and we rise, what does that do for you? Does it anger you about God? I mean, the, the emotions, I can't imagine that can be a variety of, of emotions. Yeah, they were really all over the place, uh, from anger to despair to heavy grief uh just i went through lots of those uh and and thinking i'm alone and how am i going to raise four kids and what are we going to do you know uh, again jerry worked as an attorney and uh, she was you know part of our big breadwinner as far as our family goes as well and and just you know we met in college and we'd been married for 25 it would have been 25 years that summer uh and so i I didn't know what i was going to do and i kind of walked around in a days there for a while I, I remember again my buddy Ricky Dyer after about really after her funeral because her funeral was about a week later when they got her back from Florida he said something that helped me walk through it he said one person died today you can't let it be two and that was helpful to just gather my thoughts that I still do have four kids that need their father and I'm called to them and to love them and care for them and to nurture them and, and guide them through this whole thing that I'll have my times of grief and I'll spend my times of grief that they'll be there. But I've, I've got four children that just tragically lost their mother. 
and they need their father. Yes. It, it was it was hard. It was dark at my house for a long time. You know, I didn't I didn't turn on a lot of lights. I was kind of just going through the motions of things we had to do. You know, the kids were kids were in school and trying to navigate that as well as I knew how. And I don't think I did a very good job, honestly. They would probably tell you differently just because they're trying to be nice to their daddy, you know. Um, I don't think I did a very good job for that first year trying to figure out what do you do next. How do you walk through all the birthdays and the and the anniversaries and all that kind of yeah. stuff? You know, how do you celebrate somebody's birthday with a huge glaring absence at the table and those yeah. kind of things? It was it was hard. Did you step away from the pulpit ministry for a while? I did. Uh, my elders did a great job of just saying, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Take as much time as you need. You know, I, And I, honestly, I came back and preached probably seven weeks post Jerry's death. Looking back, it probably wasn't the best time. Again, I don't think it was probably necessarily a good thing. But the other side of that coin is it was desperately needed by me to not just let my life be all about the grief that I was experiencing. Yeah. And it gave me a purpose. And, and honestly, I heard the feedback that I heard from people was there's a sense of urgency that we hear now from you that maybe wasn't in the same way before, which I guess is to be expected. So what has changed about the way you view life now? Oh, yeah. Um, there was a... Uh, there was a picture that emerged. It popped up on social media, and most people, when they saw it, thought that I had had it drawn of Jerry. It was a, uh, and it looks just like her. In, it looks like her in college. Longer blonde hair, young, younger face, and all that kind of stuff. It looks just like I remember her from college. And it's a picture of her, I say, hugging Jesus. And it's called First Day in Heaven. Uh, whew. Uh, and it was like a gift from the Lord. I I bought the picture and have it framed in our home, and uh, that's probably one of the best things that I that came across my plate in front of my face because it made one of those things to know. I, I know we believe, and and our faith is a is a faith because we don't see it right. I mean, we trust in Jesus. We've never seen him, but we believe. Right. Yes. This is almost one of those things. It was a gift from the Lord to go. I'm up here. Let me take a little snapshot real quick uh, just so you can see what this is like. And it's it's like this girl, like Jerry, saw him face to face and ran and just embraced him. And uh, that was hugely healing for me and, and for Jerry's mom and our kids and to see something like that. And, and so it made the scriptures uh, a, a tangible expression of faith yes. being made sight. I was just thinking about that song we sing in worship sometimes, I Run Into Your Arms. Yes. The riches of your love. Yes. I mean, it's so easy in the temporary, what we live with in this earth and what we deal with in life, because we're human and that's how we do, but to remember what is in store for us, fixing our eyes on that prize. Paul Paul talked about that, right? Yeah, he did. And I guess even as a pastor, it's easy to get consumed with your ministry programs, the things you're trying to do as a church. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think with uh, because we do get distracted, right, it, it, it's easily distracted yeah. probably. Um, uh, and sometimes we forget that the main thing is the main thing. Uh, that uh, And the main thing is pointing people to the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, that the hope that we have that our faith will be made sight one day. And 
uh, that there is a, a prize to strive for, you know, yeah. not that we're, we're striving for the prize, but there is uh, th- that our faith will be made sight. Yeah. This, it will be worth it all when we yes. see Jesus, you know. What, what are you seeing, Scott, is some of the fruit of the investment that Jerry had in the kid's life as now as you're looking back these years since her passing. Are you seeing signs of some fruit in the kid's life that of the investment? Oh, yeah. Uh, you knew her a little bit. She was so kind and uh, gentle, um, wise, um, uh, patient. Where, yeah, I'm the other side of the coin, you know. <laughs> I'm the loud, rambunctious, you know, uh, bull in a china shop many times. Uh, she was all those other things. And uh, it's, it's neat to see that side of our children uh, where – uh, they exhibit a lot of those qualities of their mother, yeah. uh, and that you do see the kindness and the uh, uh, the tenderness side, and uh, uh, the patience, and the and the love that they have for one another and other people that they show to other people. I uh, a lot of that comes from Jerry. Obviously, there's a process of healing. There's a process of of grieving having lost your spouse. When did you even start to think, God? Do you have somebody else for me to share this journey of life with? Yeah, it was um, probably um, a little over a year post Jerry's death. Um, uh, <laughs> some of her friends ended up telling me they were like, Jerry always told us that if something ever happened to you, which is what most people thought, that I'd be the first one to go. You know, my health's not the never has been the greatest in the world. And uh, they told me that Jerry had always told them that uh, if – Scott dies first, you know, I doubt I'd ever remarry and, you know, she'd just do whatever she had to do with raising the kids. She said, now, if I die first, there's no doubt that he'll remarry you know, pretty quickly, <laughs> which I don't know where that came from, but that's what she thought. So it was probably a, a little over a year um, after that. And I, um, I thought, you know what, I think that uh, I, I need help with our children. I, I, I have a desire for companionship. And so you know, I went on a couple of these sites to uh, try to, how do you meet somebody that, you know, you're not so connected to. Because you've been married for how long? Yeah, so I, right at, we were going to celebrate 25 years. Uh, 25. That summer. Yeah. Uh, and so that was February when she passed away. It would have been uh, 25 years that year, though. Trying to start the whole dating oh. thing again. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. I was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, things have changed a lot since I was, you know, 20-something uh, when we first met back in college. It was uh, a, a strange time, to be sure. And uh, I was like, uh, you know, I, again, got on a couple of those sites just to see what that was like. And that was a whole other experience, you know, just uh, of, of that whole piece of it. And, yeah, I met a few people along the way, and I was like, ooh, that didn't work out. You know, that's <laughs> that's that's not the person that I'm looking for or whatever. Uh, and, and, honestly, I hit it from the kids in the beginning. I, we, we track each other on Life360, and so when a couple of times that I'd met, you know, somebody that I was going to go meet or whatever, I turned my location <laughs> services off because I wasn't ready to tell them yet, yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. And they were finally like, Dad, why are you turning your location services off? You you know, do you have a date? And I'm like, well, yeah, I just didn't want you all to have to deal with it. And they're like, Dad, we're, we, we're aware of what's going on, so it's fine to <laughs> tell us those kind of things. And so they were, they, were, they were very gracious with me through all that as well. And they were ready. Honestly, yeah. they, they talked about it, especially my older two girls. Um, they talked about it a lot, and they were like, we, we want this for you, Dad. We, we want this for you. And that well, was hugely helpful. Yes. You know, they, uh, they had – uh, at least 
process through that piece of it to go, we don't want our dad to be alone. We don't want him to have to walk through this life alone. You're a young man, you know, why do you? Why should you have to do that? So did you find Carol through the dating service? No, I didn't. So, you know, I own, uh, I have my business partner and I own the yard in Arlington, gym there and a uh, workout facility in Arlington. And um, I happened to be walking in one day. It was raining. It was early on when we had it. And I was coming to put some signs out up along the street or something like that. It was raining that day. And I walked in the back door and I saw Carol. I knew her. She was a teacher at, or is still a teacher at Arlington Elementary. And she was sitting in our parent lounge. And so I just said hello as we came by. And this is the way I tell the story. Uh, And when I came back (laughs) down the hallway to put the signs out, she was standing out in the hallway. I said to intercept me is is (laughs) how I tell the story. And we just stopped along the way and talked for probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes just standing there in the hallway and as I left I was like hmm that was interesting her son was there he was using our golf simulator to uh, he's a golfer at Arlington and I was like hmm that was interesting you know she seemed kind of interested and she tells the story that she told her son the same thing she was like hey did you see the way Scott Benjamin and I were talking and he was like whatever mom you know (laughs) Uh, and so that's how it kind of started I didn't have her number or anything and I Facebook messenger her that night and just said hey it was nice to see you and called her got a number and called her the next day and uh went to dinner that night and that's, that's where, where it, that's where it all started that's where the magic began it, 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 it did and honestly we we both knew early on that this was this was going to be it i mean I, I probably knew within a couple of weeks and i think she she would tell you the same thing that we was just knit together right away and yep. so it was really a really a kindness of the lord she steps into the role as a pastor's wife yes plus a blended family yes, I mean, she's, exactly she must be an incredible lady well she's she is really wonderful she is is uh, she has a lot of the same qualities that Jerry had, and and she's been so good about that too. That you know she came into our home and and didn't want to change anything. She didn't come in with wholesale changes or anything at all like that. It, it's interesting because she said that her mom had married a guy who his wife had died early in their marriage. Mm-hmm. She saw her mom go into that situation and thought this is how. You should handle this situation. Yeah. And so she'd kind of experienced that before. Uh, but she, she was wonderful. I mean, kind and uh, gentle and, again, all those things that I don't possess uh, <laughs> on a regular basis. My kids loved her and love her today. Uh, and it's a, uh, it, it was a very generous thing of the Lord to do for us. How well did you know Jeff Street prior to something very – special that he did for yeah. you. Oh, my goodness. Well, I knew Jeff pretty well. Jeff actually uh, goes to our church. Uh, he and his family attend Refuge. And I knew Jeff before that. That's ended up how they ended up coming to Refuge was our boys played baseball together. And um, and so we just, our paths have crossed, you know, in high school or middle school back in the day and, and uh, playing in some of the Arlington leagues together. So we knew who each other was. And then, again, they started to come to Refuge. So we'd become, you know, friends through that. Uh, and then whenever, you know, this whole thing came up with uh, my kidney, um, he jumped out there and said. And what were some of the lead up to that, too? Oh, I mean, how, yeah, yeah. How did you know that you were having issues with your kidney? Well, honestly, I didn't know until uh, I went to the doctor one day and they were like, hmm, you, we need to do a couple of other tests. You've got uh, some things going on and a couple of things, you know, uh, urine tests and things like that. Uh, and they came back and said hey, you've got kidney disease. You've got like 50% kidney function. I'm like, kidney disease? Are, are you kidding me? Yeah. And this was, you know, I've, I've probably been dealing with it for 
nine years, probably something like that now. And so, boy, I was angry. I was like, how do you suddenly have kidney disease without some kind of, hey, there's some things going on. Anyway, I had it. uh, Dealt with it, again, for eight or nine years until they really just kind of tanked on me and and came down from 50% function down to 40 and they hung in the 30s for a long time and were you on dialysis this time no 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 I was just you know mon- I was going to see a nephrologist uh, uh, Noir Mansour was my nephrologist and he's one of the best in the city one of the best in the south uh, so I was seeing him and he was kind of managing the whole thing that goes with kidney disease the medicines and all the uh, restrictions you have uh, when you have kidney disease but my numbers held in the 30s for a, a number of years, and then suddenly they just tanked. Honestly, it was right after Carol and I got married. Uh, we got married in January of 2020, and by that summer, the numbers just started to bottom out. So I, I blamed it on her. <laughs> so you kicked off your marriage just prior to the, really the COVID pandemic. Oh, yeah. You know. It was interesting. It worked out really well for us because we got married in January, and then the COVID pandemic happened, and so they shut the schools down. And so we're you know kind of shoved yeah. together and spending a lot of time together. So it worked out really That's well really for nice. us. <laughs> yeah. So you, your doctors come to a point where you got to have a transplant. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is serious. Oh, yeah. It, uh, my, once, you, uh, once your kidney function gets down below 20%, down around the 15% range, it's time for your transplant. So you either go on a list and you wait for somebody to give you one or somebody, a living donor, will say, hey, uh, I'll give you my kidney. And, man, uh, I can't tell you how kind and generous people were just – People came out of the woodwork to go, I'll be tested, I'll be tested, I'll be tested. They, the, the transplant clinic started turning people away, like we, we've got enough people to, <laughs> to choose from. Uh, people were just so, so very uh, willing to, to give me an organ. Yes. That's such, wow. gener- such generosity from people. And Jeff ended up being the top match. So it's not just blood type. There's a lot of antibodies they test, and Jeff was the top match. And and there was another guy from our church that was the second top match, which is really bizarre. But, yeah, so they're like, okay, Jeff's going to be your donor. And then we ran into another hiccup. Uh, I went to uh, some of my testing were four days before we were going to do the transplant. This was two years ago. We were going to do it. Once we discovered it, we were going to have it done, and I was, I was going to get the transplant right away without having to do dialysis. Four days before, they were like, doing my final testing and they're like stand up Mr. Benjamin and I'm like I'm standing up straight and they're like well you're only 5'10 and I'm like okay and they're like well your chart says that you're six feet tall okay they said well that makes your height weight ratio off and so we're not going to be able to do the transplant I'm like are you kidding me I'm like we have a donor I'm right here we're four days away are we really going to stop this over 10 pounds they were like yes sir we're not going to be able to do it that did not go well. Oh my! That that was that was a tough blow. Yeah. That was a tough tough blow. And so I kind of went in my own pity party and my own self pity and all that kind of stuff. And looking back on it now, uh, there was obviously we trust in the sovereignty of the Lord in all things, right? And even in how the, there's a delay in your kidney transplant, just some situations that happened with our church family with a lot of just unfortunate untimely deaths and things that I was able to be a part of that I might not have been able to be a part of and other things that, that happened with the pandemic and yeah. working through the pandemic. We didn't do it for two years. It was put off for two years with, with the pandemic again. They stopped doing transplants. And so they finally started back up and I got within the range they wanted me to. And, and then we finally had it done. And that was just recently. It was, yeah. On my birthday, it was August 11th of this year, I turned 55 and got a new kidney. So uh, nobody could top that gift. You know, that was that was the best gift. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. Again, 
he knows when we sit down. He knows when we rise yes. up. Yes. He searches us out in that intimacy, and he provides. He's so faithful along the way. You know, that's uh, that's the uh, uh, the piece that I keep going back to is I rest a lot in the sovereignty of God. It helps me in in pastoring. It helps me in parenting. It helps me in really any part of my life to to tr- when I get anxious or anything like that, I, I have to preach to myself lots of times, you know, <laughs> that I, I can trust the Lord. There was a Martin Luther quote that I just posted on social media, and it was... Um, I wrote it down. It's oh, yeah. pray and let God worry. Yeah, pray and let God worry. Now, I'm not sure God worries, uh, but it, but I, the, the piece was not for me to worry. Uh, let God do his thing. Pray, let your requests be made known to him, and the peace of God which passes all understanding regard your heart and your mind in Christ yeah, Jesus, yeah, you know. Yeah. That, that just that meant a lot to me that particular day. Scott Benjamin, wow, what a journey that yeah. God has had you on together now with Carol and the kids, the blended family. Everybody's doing well? Yeah, it, it, it's amazing how well that went, blending our families. You know, we Like the Brady uh, Bunch? Like the Brady Bunch. You got a Carol too, right? I do have a Carol, <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, our Christmas card last year was a Brady Bunch theme. You know, we, we lined it up and took the pictures that way. Uh, her kids, you know, left their home that they grew up in and moved into our home. So it was a big kind of upheaval for yeah, them. Yeah. And so... Uh, but they've done so well. I, I love them to death. Uh, Dalton and Cameron. Uh, Dalton just graduated last year, and he owns his own landscaping business. And so we've helped him kind of get what that looks like to get started in, in, in business world. And, and Cameron and my youngest, Aaron, are in the same grade. They're both juniors. And so they've kind of you know got those siblings together. They, they're, they're, they're best of friends. They've done really well adjusting, and I just I love having them as part of the family. That is beautiful. That yeah. is beautiful, Scott. Well, we're going to have to wrap up here. Don't be a stranger. No more 10 years. I agree. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's don't wait 10 years for the next one, <laughs> for sure. Well, this is Thanks for some, having me. Hey, if somebody wants some more information about something we shared about, information about the Refuge Church, yeah. how can they find that out? Yeah, you can go to refugememphis.org, and honestly, that's where you can find anything that you want to about us. There's ways to contact us. You can watch our services online there. That's what I figure people do today yeah. is they, they go watch you online a little bit and see if they really want to come to be part of this or not. And so they know a lot about you before they even walk in the door, which is kind of cool these days. But yeah, refugememphis.org, that'll answer at least the majority of your questions. God bless you. God bless you. It's good to see you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.